Okay, for all of my paramedic colleagues and peers out there, have you ever been in a situation where you're running a massive trauma? You've got a cardiac arrest, you've got a really critical patient, and you know what you have to do while you're doing all of the things in the back of the ambulance that you're trying to do to take care of this patient? Airway, breathing, circulation. Oh right, you have to call into the hospital to let them know that you're coming. Oftentimes it can be easy to just pitch that off to the person in the front seat and have them call into dispatch and have dispatch make the call for you. But you and I both know that's not the way to do it, right? We need to give some concrete information to that triage nurse so that they have the right people on board and in that emergency department so that they can treat the patient well as soon as you walk through that door. So how do you set yourself up for success to perform better and make that call to the ED and make yourself, more importantly, sound extremely confident, composed, poised, and have the ability to perform better as soon as you walk through that door. Let's discuss. Hey, welcome back to Hyper Academy. My name is Ryan Field Spack. Thank you for joining me today. It's a true honor to have you here with me. It's a ruthless world out there. How do you stand up? and step out. You do it by getting your mind right. And that's what Hyper Academy is here to explore and talk about every single week. This week we're talking about the paramedic and the activities and the challenges that you go through, that I went through as a paramedic in our daily activities. More specifically though, we're talking about how um, to, to manage both a high acuity trauma or a high acuity medical call, all the things that you have to do in it, but you also have to make that phone call to the emergency department, to the triage nurse, to say, hey, we're coming in with this, get everybody ready, right? And as I said earlier, it's, it's tempting, right? It's very tempting to say, I'm too busy. I can't handle all of this. I'm just going to punt. I'm gonna have the person in front call dispatch and say, hey, we're coming with a trauma. We'll be there in five minutes and then hang up the phone, right? It's tempting, but put yourself in the triage nurse's shoes. Put yourself in the attending ED physician's shoes. If they just hear that, oh, they've got a trauma coming in, I mean, sure, they're going to get all the people that they need. They're going to fill the um, triage and the emergency department room for when you come in, but they're not necessarily prepped mentally and with the capabilities in mind to know exactly what to expect and how to approach it. So they're basically gonna be starting from where you started when you picked the patient up off the street or in the house, right? That's not fair to them. Most importantly, it's not fair to the patient, right? You picked up your patient and you've done a lot of work to keep them alive and to transport them to the hospital. The last thing you wanna do is have the receiving facility have to start over from scratch. So if you can give them more information and give them the ability to start at a run and have everything they need to be able to perform better and save that patient, hopefully, um, you've got a great capability to be able to do that, right? So that's where we're starting with this conversation today. For me, one of the calls that I will forever remember is a young lady, maybe she was probably 19 or 20 years old, and she was a victim of domestic violence. Her boyfriend um, took out a weapon and um, put a single shot, and we are all paramedics here. If you're our kids watching this, um, you may wanna turn away, right? But a single shot to this girl's head. Um, and she was unconscious, 
agonal respirations when we got on scene. She did have a pulse, but it was starting to become a little bit thready. And when we got on scene, we knew that we had a pretty significant, serious situation on our hands, right? Not only did we have an airway issue, obviously we had a pretty significant bleeding issue, most internal as well as external bleeding. And then her circulation, she was starting to drop in her pulse, which showed to me that she had pretty significant swelling in her brain. Same thing with eyes, the pupils, you could see they were mismatched. There was all the classic signs of a massive trauma. So what we needed to do, of course, was extricate her out and do all of the treatment that we, of course, knew that we needed to do and had the capability for, right? So we extricated the, the girl out of the house, got her into the ambulance, and then, of course, started going immersion to the hospital. I Hey, just want to quickly break in here to say thank you for joining me today on this episode. I want to give you a free gift, a dedicated guide that will help you out as a thank you for joining me today. This gift is a tool, it's a technique, it's a hack to improve upon your ability to perform in the moment. Have you ever had or been ready to have a difficult conversation or getting ready to speak to a group of people or something where you get that nervous feeling inside your gut, those butterflies that are flowing around and sometimes you can't even feel your pulse going really fast in your neck and you get those hands shaking when you're really nervous? That happens to all of us. It happens to me all the time. There's a way to calm, quell, and ease that little bit of nervous energy, that nervous stress, with three simple steps. It takes less than 10 seconds to complete, and it's fully backed by scientific method that physically lowers your pulse, your blood pressure, and your heart rate, and your anxiety to be able to perform better in the moment. As I said, this is a very quick, easy process to implement in your day. Once you learn it, it's a piece of cake. You'll be able to do it extremely fast from here on out. I put this all together in a very simple one-page guide that you can read very fast. It will walk you through the entire steps and then you'll be able to take that and run with it. If you're interested, as I said, my gift to you, you can go to hyperacademy.mykajabi.com slash 10 seconds and you can get that um, there. As I said, free guide, uh, no pressure if you don't want to get it, but really appreciate you joining me today. Now back to the episode. Thanks. I had a number of people with me, right? We were blessed in our department to have four people on our engine and two ambulance personnel, right? So my captain at the time, because I was the paramedic, was also a medic. We had our engineer and then we had an EMT with us as well. So we had a lot of people. I was able to assign off, okay, cap, I want you to get airway. Um, we were able to get an IV started. We were able to get really good vital signs set and in place. We didn't have anybody else that knew the patient because the perpetrator had already left the scene. We didn't have any medical history, allergies, meds, any of that, unfortunately, right? But we were able to get a, gauge a good presentation for this patient. So it was tempting because there was so much going on for me to punt. But I didn't punt for all the reasons that we've already talked about, but how did I set myself up to calm myself down, make myself time to pick up the phone and make that call into the emergency department and the receiving facility? What I did was I, lot, I did a lot of specific things to, to, to calm myself and bring it about, and there's three things specifically that I wanna talk about today that you can implement both in preparation for this call and also for 
preparation for how you're going to manage high acuity events and incidents all around, right? So the first thing, especially when I was a medic, but even today, now that I've left the emergency medical profession, is I would meditate daily. And you might think meditation, Ryan, what does meditation have to do with any of these other components? That's pretty cheesy, right? I thought so. I absolutely thought that meditation was a complete cheese ball way to go moving forward in my career. What does meditation have to do with saving lives? But I started looking into it some more. I started seeing YouTube videos and people and some of the most famous people around the world, LeBron James, Oprah, Tony Robbins, professional athletes everywhere that swore by meditation as an ability to make them perform better. So I started looking into it. I started reading books. I started focusing on all of the different capabilities and thoughts and procedures and processes out there that had to do with meditation. As I dove deeper into the science of meditation, I really started to learn that it wasn't about gurus or monks in Nepal up on the top of a very large mountain, right? Meditation has been brought mainstream. It has been brought to the point where our crazy media-filled lives need something to ground us to bring about a foundation for us to focus and get away from all the other distractions that are pulling at our attention and gnawing at our psyche all day long. Meditation can facilitate that, right? Meditation is one of those things where if you can sit yourself down in the morning, take two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes to focus in a quiet environment and focus on your breath in and your breath out, breath in, and breath out, that meditation capability will allow you to build reps inside your mind. It will allow you to build that capability to focus when your mind wanders away, acknowledge it, don't be mad at yourself, and then focus back on the present moment. And then you get pulled away over here while you're meditating, you acknowledge it, and you bring yourself back to the present moment. Every time you get pulled away and you bring it back, is another rep in your mind. You're building that muscle to note when things are pulling you away. Now, if you take that exercise in the morning, building the muscle in your brain, and you now transplant that to running a cardiac arrest, you've got family, you've got radio traffic, you've got EMTs, you've got firefighters that may not know what to do and they're asking hysterically for guidance. All of things, those things are trying to pull you this way and that way and this way and that way, right? How do you bring it all back and stay focused on your strategic or tactical task that you have at hand? You can do that by practicing meditation because you can get rid of all of that extraneous stuff, calm everybody down around you, and focus on the task at hand, right? Meditation will get you there. Something to really think about. The other thing is, the, the second thing is what I do is I do a mental rehearsal. A mental rehearsal is just as it sounds, right? So from a paramedic perspective, every single day when I was coming to work or when I was checking out my med bag, I would do this a lot because I'm looking at a med. What am I gonna use this for? Okay, let's run a scenario around this epi of how I'm going to use it in a specific cardiac arrest situation. And I would start from the very beginning. I'm sitting, I know if you're a cop and you're watching this, this is definitely true. I'm reclined back in my seat. I'm eating some popcorn, maybe even some ice cream, watching a movie, dozing off, and that alarm pops, right? We jump up, your heart rate goes way up, you're getting really excited, you're running over to the engine, and you're listening to the dispatch information as it comes down. When I'm mentally rehearsing this in my head, how am I going to calm myself down when that dispatch comes in? 
What am I going to do as we're driving to the scene? Who am I going to assign on my crew to do what? And then when we get into the scene, what am I going to assign my people to do? Where am I going to move the patient to get access to work them a little bit easier? What am I going to ask the family or friends that are around, meds, history, allergies, what happened, all of those things? And then we're going to start the treatment of the patient. We need to do compressions. We need to get airway. We need to get the monitor on, right? We need to start getting an IV set up. All of these things I am practicing in my head and I'm actually verbally saying out loud as though I would be on a scene what I want to happen from my perspective leading that incident, right? So if I'm mentally rehearsing that cardiac arrest or that trauma, those are some of the things that I'm able to really do a lot better and be able to push that forward specifically, right? So, and then when I'm making the call in, that's really where I'm additionally doing that mental rehearsal. So I'm mentally rehearsing, okay, I've gone through the whole thing, now we're in the ambulance, now how am I going to make the call? How am I going to lower my pulse, lower my blood pressure, lower my anxiety so that I can make a more calm, confident call? And then I actually, in my head or out loud, I make the call to the emergency department, right? one rep. I've been able to practice that and move forward with the mental rehearsal. And then finally, the third thing that I do when I'm actually getting called to that incident, and more specifically when I'm making the call to the ED, is I do my first just breathe mindfulness exercise like we talked about earlier in this video. I'm calming myself down by doing a mindfulness exercise that will lower that pulse, lower that blood pressure, lower my anxiety, and allow me to focus, lower the octaves in my voice, speak a little bit slower, and make that call consistently, calmly, so that everybody on the other end knows that somebody is very competent that's coming to drop off this very sick patient to me, right? So that's another thing to think about. So those are the three things that I do. I meditate, I mentally rehearse the activities that I'm going to be potentially facing during the day, and then I do a mindfulness exercise to calm myself down in advance of making that call. So with my uh, patients that, um, that was, was shot, how did I do that? How did I focus on that? A lot of the things come down to exactly what we just talked about. As soon as I was prepped to make that call, I did my mindfulness exercise. I took just 10 seconds to calm myself down, make the phone call, and then I force myself to lower the octaves in my voice. I force myself to speak a little bit slower, almost as if I'm bored, as if this is something I've seen so many times before is not even anything that's interesting to me, right? If you can bring that down to your level, everybody on the other end of that line has a complete appreciation for the fact that we got somebody that's very confident, that's composed, that knows what they're doing, and they are articulating to me, the receiving facility, exactly what we need to do. This person is in charge. So as I make that call, these are some of the things that obviously you wanna think about that you've learned, right? As soon as they answer that phone, take one more calming breath. Okay, receiving hospital, this is ambulance 145, coming emergent to your location with a trauma. We're about 15 minutes out, however far out you are, with a approximate 19-year-old female patient. She has a gunshot wound to the head. She's unconscious, unresponsive, with agonal respirations. We are, um, and then you, you move in from there, right? Vital signs. Give the vital signs, blood pressure, pulse, respirations, and then give the treatment that you're doing. We have an IV started. 
um, we have an intubated, we have intubated the patient. We um, are monitoring all of the vital signs. And at this point, we are um, treating emergent and looking to control any bleeding. And then you can give that ETA, again, 15 minutes or so out. Ask if they have any questions for you. Hang up the phone and then get back to what you were doing, right? Now, everybody that's in the receiving facility knows exactly what's coming to them and they'll be more prepped to know exactly what type of treatment they need to do as soon as that patient arrives. So, all that being said, this is a great tool, this is a great tip for you to be able to use. Sadly, as, as you can appreciate, um, even with all those tools, even with all those capabilities, some of our patients, they simply don't make it. And that was unfortunately the case for me. Um, but it was, it was a good opportunity for me and my crew to improve upon ourselves and our capabilities and our poise for the next one, right? So keep that in mind when you do lose that patient, you have improved upon your skill set and your capability for the next one so that you can do better next time, even if there was nothing you could have done the first time, right? Every rep makes you better and better. I hope this was helpful for you. Um, this is something that we talk about on a weekly basis here on the Hyper Academy podcast. Fire EMS promoting, that is something that is truly near and dear to my heart, and I would love to continue the conversation with you. So if this is something that's interesting, leave some comments in the description um, below. Let me know what you do to calm yourself down when you have large events, large um, challenging incidents and how that you can pass along some of your lessons learned to your peers that are also watching. If you do like this and you think I've earned it, give me a thumbs up. And if you wanna get some more information like this, definitely subscribe to the channel. We'll be talking about this every week and I hope to see you again soon. Have a good day, thanks.